Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun. So that whole NSA spying thing. Remember when Tucker Carlson came out and he caused all those waves said, uh, the NSA spying on me. I have confirmation and everyone on the left and half the weenies on the right said, no, that's ridiculous. No, they're not. Uh, yeah, it turns out they are. And you and I are about to have a talk about that. We're going to talk about a 14-year-old murderer and why I'm actually one of the more merciful ones right now. How, how lost are House Republicans? Well, I'm going to play you a little clip of a House Republican that's going to show you just how much trouble we're in. I don't know how I'm going to get to all this. We have the Washington Post running cover for China. We have a record number of pro-life bills. That's a good thing being passed. We have Joe Biden being creepy. Actually, we have like five clips of Joe Biden being creepy. Joe Biden's just creepy. <laughs> we have stuff all over the map and an update on my dog from yesterday. The emails were coming in hot and heavy about the dog who may or may not die. But first, let's focus on what was said before. I'm not going to play you the clip. It's too long. I played it before on the show. You're welcome to go back and listen to it if you want. I like the show to mostly be about me. So that being said, Tucker Carlson of Fox News, my friend, he made a bunch of waves when he went on the air and made a claim that had people's jaws drop. He said, I have confirmation from an inside source. The NSA is spying on me. They're reading my emails. They're reading my text messages. And I should say, since Tucker and I text, that means they're actually reading my text messages. And wow, am I asking myself some hard questions right now. But it's nothing that aside. That's what he said. What comes out today? What comes out today? Headline from Axios. Tucker Carlson sought interview with Putin at the time of NSA spying claim. And I rarely do this because I think it's mind-numbingly boring when people do it. But I think it's important we dig into what's said in the article here because I'm about to level quite an accusation. So let's get it over with. Three sources said U.S. government officials learned about Carlson's efforts to secure the Putin interview. Carlson learned that the government was aware of his outreach, and that's the basis of his extraordinary accusation, followed by a rare public denial by the NSA that he had been targeted. Axios has not confirmed whether any communications from Carlson had been intercepted, and if so, why? That's a long way of saying this. And yes, I'm just going to come right out with it. They were absolutely spying on Tucker Carlson. How do you think Axios got this information? Do you think the NSA, do you think the government right now, as stupid as the government is, do you really think the government 
is going to spy on Tucker Carlson, and then the NSA is going to put out a press release with an NSA you know, stamp on it that says, we here at the NSA have been spying on Tucker Carlson, and this is what we found when we were spying on him. Signed, NSA. They're not going to do that. What are they going to do? They're going to do the same thing every corrupt, disgusting, statist government in the history of mankind has done. They'll simply find a better-looking way to destroy somebody, to destroy their reputation. If you're the NSA and you want Tucker Carlson off the air, you don't release his information yourself. You collect his information, and then you release it to one Jonathan Swan at Axios and have him release it. Who do you think the government officials are? Those sources, said government officials. Who do you think the sources are? Who do you think they are? Of course they're government sources. Now, I don't expect you to run to Tucker Carlson's defense. Look, he's my friend, and I don't have to. He's a big boy. He'll handle it himself. Let's set aside Tucker for a minute. Let's set aside Fox News or or me or anybody else. Let's talk about you. Because this applies to you. Do you know who the Stasi were? The Stasi was, you know, they, they had East Germany and West Germany, you remember? And West Germany was the free part, and East Germany was the communist control part. It was really run mostly by the Soviets, but they had their own little mini communist government there. And the Stasi were the ones who would enforce all the horrible communist stuff. You know, you need a guy's fingernails pulled out, you go to the Stasi, those kind of guys, dark, dark stuff. And they spied on everybody. Do you know one of the main things the Stasi would do to their opponents? One of the main things. See, when I say Stasi or secret police, you picture dragging someone out of the house in the middle of the night and lining them up against the wall and shooting them. And of course, all that happened You want to know one of their main tactics? They would put, uh, I don't even know how to say this on the air, pornography, extreme pornography, and lots of it in the mailbox of their political opponents. Chris has his hands raised. Like, what? Why? I'm sure you have your hands raised right now. What, What are you talking about? Why would they do that? Why would you do that? Because you don't always have to pull someone's fingernails out or bury them in a ditch somewhere. All you have to do is destroy somebody's reputation to destroy them completely. I want you to do something with me right now. I want you to think about something with me right now. I'll do it with you. I got my phone sitting right beside me. I want you to pull up the last 10 to 20 text messages you sent and received. Remember, in this day and age, you'll be assigned blame for texts you even received. Pull up the last 10 to 20 you sent and received. Now I want you to do this. I want you to picture your boss, your employer, looking at them. Not only looking at them, I want you to picture your boss, your employer, 
Ring, ring, getting a phone call from the local newspaper. Hey, Bob, I just heard employee X sent and received this text message. Is this the kind of thing your company supports? Is this, we're going to let everybody know where this is running on the front page tomorrow. Tell me, Bob, what are you going to do about it? So again, let me ask you, do you still have a job in that situation? They don't have to cart you off to a gulag. They don't have to bury you in a ditch somewhere. All they have to do is destroy your reputation. How those emails look? How those text messages look? How do your private communications on social media look? Ever ever send that meme onto another buddy that you shouldn't have sent? Maybe use some language you shouldn't have? You refer to any race, religion, or otherwise privately to a buddy with kind of a joke, wink, wink term ever? You never did anything like that, right? Of course you have. You're a human being. They know that. The communists always know that. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. And I want to focus on this. Forget about Tucker. Forget about Fox News. That's how these people get you and destroy you. And even if they can't destroy you, that's how they silence you. That's how they silence you. One phone call, one knock at your door. Hey, just want to let you know we have this. You'll be quiet now. You won't run for this office. You won't run for school board. You won't do this. You won't do that. Or your boss, your wife, husband, daughter, sister, mother, we're going to send them a copy of that meme you sent. That's your future. That's my future because of what's happened in this country. Are you ready to live in that type of country? And let me tell you something else. I'm going to play you a clip when you get back. It's going to make your jaw drop. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com it is the Jesse Kelly Show. How bad is this spying stuff? You know what? Hold on. We'll get back to the NSA spying. Chris, what is this music? Who is that? That's that's who? Pep Shop Boys? Pet Shop Boys? This is awful. Don't ever play this on the show again. This is awful. <laughs> All right. Back to the NSA. Forget about spying on Tucker. They they clearly are. We have confirmation on that now. Spying on you. Spying on me. Your texts, your emails. We have. And I don't want to just bring up old stuff, but package this for me. Walk walk, walk, Walk through this with me. We have the Federal Bureau of Investigation under a Democratic president falsifying evidence and presenting it to the FISA court in order to get a warrant to violate the civil rights of an American citizen and getting that citizen thrown in jail. And then nothing happens to the FBI. That's one of a thousand examples I could give you of how politicized things have become. We have the current idiot director of the FBI, Christopher Wray, trying to claim white supremacists are the major national security threat right now for domestic terrorism, even though you and I have never met one in our lives. 
And we have the NSA. Accusations by Tucker Carlson on the air that they're spying on him. And now we have confirmation about it. What does this mean for you? It means the forces of the federal government that have the power to end and or destroy your life all are Democrats who think you're an enemy of the republic. Why am I bringing this up? Why am I getting a little upset right now? Because I heard Elise Stefanik, the congresswoman from New York, go on TV and say something like this. Republicans are going to focus on economic growth and focus on how we are the party of tax cuts and not tax hikes. What? What? Do Republicans in Washington, D.C., I, I genuinely want to know this. In fact, I'm going to reach out to some of my congressmen and senator friends tonight, and I'm going to genuinely ask them, and I'll give you the sit rep tomorrow when I get back. I want to know, are they actually that tone deaf, or do they want to be that tone deaf? And Don't get me wrong. I love tax cuts as much as the next man. I don't like paying the federal government a dime. Good. Cut taxes. Do Republicans in Washington, D.C. genuinely think that tax cuts are the gigantic problem facing the United States of America at that moment? Because I need to know. I really need to know if they're that tone deaf. If, if they think the American people turn on the television and they're waterboarded with transgender racist garbage all the time now, if we have the NSA spying on American citizens, we have the southern border wide open, illegal immigrants pouring into the country, and I do mean military-aged males wearing camouflage that we're not catching pouring into the country. I talked to Congressman Andy Biggs about that today of Arizona. Scary stuff. The American people are worried about their kids' education. They're worried about inflation. They're worried about the federal government rotting out the military with this critical race theory garbage. And we have Republicans. We have Republicans going on TV saying this. Republicans are going to focus on economic growth and focus on how we are the party of tax cuts and not tax hikes. I love economic growth as much as the next man. Don't get me wrong. Pour some more cheddar in my bank account, baby. I'm all about it. That's what Republicans are going to focus on. By the way, we have Sarah Gonzalez of the Blaze TV. She hosts that great show, The News and Why It Matters. She's coming up about one hour from now. I can't wait to get her take on all this. But in, in all seriousness, what are you and I supposed to do about the Republican Party? And here's what I mean by that. Let's just be frank. You can't, if you're somebody with values, you can't really vote for the Democrat today. I wish you could. You, we, you and I have talked about this a thousand times. I wish this was the JFK era where voting for a Democrat was an option. I probably won't align with them on everything. I'd love to have the option. I'll be frank. I might have punched a vote for Bill Clinton. Not over any of the Republican candidates, but I mean, he wasn't the end of the world. I realize he had some <clears throat> personal issues, but he wasn't the end of the world. Certainly not going to smoke one of his cigars. I'll quit, Chris. We can make jokes on the show. But seriously, 
Those Democrats are gone. These people, these people were all insane now. So, okay, well, we have that. We have that situation. You can't vote Democrat. All right, that, that sucks. I wish we could, but we can't. We can't vote Democrat. Okay, that's... So we have to vote Republican every time? If the Republican Party is the only counter to the Democratic Party, we are in deep, deep trouble. That's just the truth. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. And we're going to get to some great news because there is some great news out there. A, a, a great headline. One of the happiest ones I've ever, I've, ever, I've ever talked to you about on the show. I'm going to get to that here in just about five minutes. But before we get to that, I need to ask you, what does that mean for us? If the Republican Party is going to be this useless and they're the only counter to the Democratic Party— I want you to think about four years of Donald Trump in office. Because you and I, we do this thing a lot now because things stink and we're not in power and Joe Biden sucks and everything sucks. We do this, well, the midterms, well, 2024. All right, well, we just had Republican control. Two solid years of Republican control and then two years of half Republican control. Yeah, Trump did Excellent from the White House, in my opinion. Deregulated the economy, got things rolling. Foreign policy was outstanding. What were our major gains during Donald Trump's first two years of his presidency when Republicans had the presidency, House, and Senate and could have done whatever they wanted legislatively? What were our gains? Did anyone go after big tech then? Did they pass some border security bill then? Did anyone do anything about critical race theory in the military and in our schools then. Anybody? Anyone? You know what they did? Two years of power, and they got tax cuts and nothing else. Before I choose to get involved in the 2022 elections, before I choose to use this platform and get involved, I need assurances now. I'm this turned off by the Republican Party. I need assurances now that if we work, if I use this platform, if you use your time and effort to get these people into office, I need to know, am I going to get tax cuts or are you actually going to go after the cultural Marxist scum that's bringing this country to its knees? I need to know. All right, we got happy news. Hang on. By the way, you know what? You gotta take care of mommy, right? Yeah, I know. How old are you? 12? 14. <laughs> yeah. Oh, four. <laughs> what in the world? What in the world is wrong with this? Okay, before I get to the good news, I haven't really talked about this very much on the show. Is it? Is it time to address the fact that Joe Biden is really, really, really inappropriate around children? And if we're going to address it, I'm not going to just throw stones to throw stones. How do we explain it? Because this is not one time thing. This is repeatedly touching them and grabbing them and nuzzling them with the with the sniffing and the and I've never really touched this because I realize it's you're getting into really accusing somebody of something terrible thing but are we going to say this is 
old age? I, I don't know how you could attribute this to old age. I've known lots of old people. I still know lots of old people. I don't know anybody who sniffs my sons when we meet. Uh, not one, actually. Not one time. Grandparents, great-grandparents. My kids just lost their great-grandpa, God rest his soul. They saw him a million times. Uh, he didn't sniff them once. Joe Biden sniffs strangers and says weird things. And, and Chris, play it again. And by the way, you know what? You got to take care of mommy, right? Yeah, I know. How old are you? 12? 14. <laughs> yeah. Why does Joe Biden say creepy things to kids all the time? I really want to know. Look, I'll tell you what. Just between us, if I read them on the air, I won't read your name unless you tell me you want it read. Jesse at jessikellyshow.com. Tell me your explanation for it. And I really want to hear. Look, I'll hear from anybody. I don't care. I really want to hear the innocent explanation for why Joe Biden is so creepy with kids. And I'll never, ever, ever forget it. This is an internet video that's out there. I'm not making this up. You can go look it up yourself. I don't know what was going on, some kind of swearing in thing or something like that. When Joe Biden, he was, he was, he was, he was with Jeff Sessions. I, I believe it was Jeff Sessions. I'm almost positive it was Jeff Sessions. And he reached out for a girl. I think it was Jeff Sessions' granddaughter, if I remember the story right. And Jeff Sessions slaps Joe Biden's hand away. What am I supposed to make of that? What am I supposed to make of that? By the way, our, my own personal Twitter is at Jesse Kelly DC, where I'm obviously so witty and all that. But the show's Twitter is at Jesse Kelly Show. We're going to try to get that video and put it up on, on the show's Twitter at Jesse Kelly Show. Why is Joe Biden so creepy with kids? Because it's creepy. And I, I look, maybe it is an old age thing. Maybe some people, when they get old, uh, they get nuzzly. I, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that before. All right. Freebeacon.com. Record number of pro-life bills passed in 2021. How about that? Pro-life lawmakers take up a new take up new regulations as the Supreme Court weighs Mississippi's ban. I'm not going to go into the article because you know I th- I hate I think that bores you. Just know that a bunch of states are passing pro-life bills. Now, me, I'm obsessively pro-life, so I take this specifically as good news. But let's say you don't care about the issue or you're not, it should tell you something else. The states. The red states, they're becoming more aggressive. They're becoming more aggressive. And while the National Republican Party may be focusing on tax cuts, the individual states, they seem really, really committed to fighting this culture war. You know how many of these states have banned or are in the process of banning critical race theory from your schools? Now, granted, that's step one. As I've said, the second you ban critical race theory, the communist is not going to sit back and say, well, oh, well, 
Uh, they got us. I guess we'll leave the schools. The communist doesn't think in that way. He'll simply rebrand it and find something different and put it right back in the schools, something poisonous that'll make young people hate the country. So it's not enough to ban it. You have to then ban it and then run for school board and make sure your values are being taught in the schools. But still, that's a win, right? Banning communism from being taught to kids is a win. Passing pro-life bills, that tells you there is some good news out there. Now, it comes with bad news. If you want to consider it bad news, I guess it depends on how you view the salvageability of the United States of America. What I mean by that is the states are separating quickly, quickly with what they're doing. Very, very quickly. Chris, you have that Cuomo bit. I mean, states around the country, red states are, are banning critical race theory. They're passing pro-life bills. Blue states like New York, and unlike a lot of you, I adore New York, they're going the other way fast. Treat it like a public health issue. We know how to deal with an epidemic. What we want to say is we want to do with gun violence what we just did with COVID. Today, first state in the nation is going to declare a disaster emergency on gun violence. It is a statewide problem and it is an emergency. It's an emergency, didn't you hear? So let's be, let's be fair. The red states, they're going the right direction. They're going the right direction quickly. And people are moving there. Many Republicans are moving there for a sanctuary. And so the red states are probably getting redder, which, which you know, by default, it's going to make blue states bluer. But that's good news if you're in a red state, right? If you're in a red state, that's good news. Is it good news for the overall health of the United States of America that blue is becoming deep blue and red is becoming deep red? I say that's the beginning stages of the separation I've been telling you about already. I see the country pulling apart. The strings are starting to fray and the country's pulling apart. Think about the laws they're passing in New York versus the laws they're passing in Alabama. See any difference? The country is fraying. And for an overall, the overall health of the nation, that's not good. Let's agree with that. And let's be clear about something else. It's not the end of the world that different states operate differently. In fact, that's how the country was set up. It was a federalist system. Federal government was only supposed to do a few things, and the states do what you want. Uh, You're not allowed to, you know, blockade each other. You're not allowed to require papers to go from state to state. You know, all that internet commerce stuff or internet interstate commerce stuff. But states do what you want. So it's not the end of the world that states are different right up to a point. It becomes the end of the world if the states share no common values at all. None. Tell me. And you know, I'm I'm a New York fan, especially a New York City fan. Everyone knows that. Tell me, though, what values does the state of New York share with Texas at this point in time? 
any? Can you name me one? Can you name me one value? Not you personally. I know I have thousands, but maybe hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers listening to my voice right now. I know you have plenty of values that, sh- that, that you share with Texans. I mean, the state as a whole, what do we have in common? And if the answer to that question is nothing, well, that's moved beyond a federalist system where the states will operate on their own. That's now moved into a system where maybe we shouldn't be together anymore. Maybe it's time to get a divorce. All right. Now, this 14-year-old, D.C., 14 years old girl, kills an Uber driver, just got sentenced to juvenile detention. I'm going to have a different take on this than everyone else. Hang on for that. But first, let me address something here. Well, I just talked about the nation fraying, right? Well, it's important you realize businesses are fraying as well. There are so many businesses out there who hate you. They hate you. They hate your values. They push their television commercials on you that that destroy what your child is watching. There's a reason your kid can't sit through TV commercials anymore. I have decided I will be more purposeful with where I spend my dollars. When I tell you about my pillow and I tell you, you spend a third of your life in bed and these products are the most quality I've ever experienced. I mean all that, Uh, everything in my house, everything in my house, as far as bedroom stuff goes, my pillow stuff. But I'm also telling you to be more purposeful. You want to support businesses who hate you? Or do you want to support people who fight for what you believe in? That's what Mike Lindell at MyPillow does. And right now they have their Giza Dream Sheets and they have a deal for you. Two for one low price plus free shipping with the promo code JESSE. Go to MyPillow.com. The promo code is JESSE. Two for one low price plus free shipping. Be more purposeful with your money. Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. If you want to email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We'll take your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions. Let's get to this here because I do want to address it. And there's a ton of huge stories today. And I realize I have to get to all these. I mean, how are you going to exist without my wisdom? What, Chris? Anyway, the headline from hotair.com is this 14 year old carjacker slash murderer sentenced to detention. You may remember the story. You may not. It was caught on video on video. So you could watch this entire thing. Don't even ask me how that's humanly possible. You can watch the whole thing. A 14-year-old girl, and if I remember right, a 15-year-old girl, they were both young teenagers, girls even, carjacked an Uber Eats driver. His name was Muhammad Anwar. They carjacked him in Washington, D.C. He tries to take off or something happens. They take off as they're carjacking him. He falls out, runs into, he's dead. They kill the guy. Once he's dead, he's laying there in a pile on the sidewalk. And one of the girls comes running back, practically steps over him and says, oh, I left my phone in the car. 
Just no regard for human life whatsoever. None. No regard for the fact I just murdered a guy. Now, I understand I'm supposed to hate this girl and these two underage girls. And I believe me, I'm not here telling you they're saints or, or anything like that. But I can't wrap my mind around a little girl being a monster without being taught to be a monster. That's what I mean. Look, there's no question that is a callous human being who has no regard for human life. I get all that. Yeah, throw her in juvenile detention. Throw her in prison for all I care. The chances that child is going to be able to reverse her life are probably not great. I hope she does. But, okay, throw her in the clink. I'm not saying that. Believe me, I'm not being pillow soft Jesse here. How does a young girl become like that? And no, I'm not one of these you know, soft, modern-day American males. Women are angels and guys are barbarians. I understand how vicious women can be. I, I, I get it, especially to other women. I get it. I, I'm not saying that, but a dude is one thing. You're 14, 15 years old as a dude. There are lots of dudes out there. You're big enough to hurt somebody. You have testosterone flowing through your body because that's how God made you. Your aggression levels are probably higher than average. It, in my mind, it doesn't take as much to have a dude do something violent and wrong when you're 14, 15. It just doesn't take as much. Who, who wasn't getting in at least a fist fight or something? Now, granted, I hope you're not carjacking and shooting people, but okay. You tell me a 15, 14, 15-year-old boy has a little violence problem? Okay. I get it. A girl, though? Shouldn't shouldn't a girl be worried about her hair? Shouldn't a girl be worried about talking to boys? What am I missing? Chris says, but that is sexist, obviously. What am I missing? I mean, I honestly think about even a terrible bratty girl. Maybe she's a snot. Shouldn't a girl be worried about being prettier than the other girls or gossiping about somebody or makeup or clothes or anything, right? How do you turn a 14-year-old girl into a monster? What kind of environment is that child? What what kind of environment has that child been raised in? And I realize I sound like a pillow soft, uh, a hippie at this point in time. I'm not saying that. Like I said, throw the kid in the clink, he probably doesn't have a chance. How does that happen? That shouldn't happen. And if that is happening, and clearly it is in the United States of America, the urban black crime problem is real. And remember, this is not a black problem. This is a culture of the city, urban black Poor areas. They have a serious culture problem. And what what are we doing to fix this? This has nothing to do with skin color. This is a cultural issue. If we're turning 14-year-old girls into monsters, what's going wrong? What can we fix? I've told you this before. I have so many buddies who are inner city cops, and they've reached out to me after I've expressed these views before. And they said, Jesse, you don't understand. There are nine-year-old gangs out there. 9, 10, 11 years old. My sons are 10 and 12. They 
play with Legos and like dessert like their dad. We we watch superhero movies together. We we do normal boy stuff. My oldest son likes to draw. My youngest son, he likes to put things together. He's got that mechanic mind. There are nine and ten year olds out there killing people in America. Man, if we're there, if we have that kind of cultural problem, shouldn't we be addressing it? Not shouting racism! Shouldn't we be addressing that? That's a 14-year-old child whose life is over. I want to know how that happens. I want to know who's responsible for that. All right. House Republicans have some good-looking legislation. Do we care? Should we care? Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and I have more good news. I mean, Joe Biden had some dumb things to say about oil and and education. And we're going to get to that in a second. But first, let's talk about the most important thing in the world. Yours and mine. Me. What, Chris? Let's talk about my dog. First and foremost, the dog is alive. The dog is home from the vet. The dog is doing well. Thank you for your prayers and your well wishes by email. Yes, the dog named Fred is doing fine. That's one. Two, quick update. The general consensus by email after my story yesterday and the whole text exchange with the wife and whatnot, the general consensus by email is, yes, I am a monster. For anybody who missed it, just allow me to briefly recap. The dog was very sick yesterday. Very sick. Won't go into the details of that again in case you're eating lunch or dinner or breakfast, depending on how weird you are. But the dog was very sick. Dropped him off at the emergency vet. I texted the wife. I said, hey, might want to reach out to the kennel where we got the dog and see if they have a new batch available. She said, okay, why? I said, in case he dies, then we can get the kids something new. She was mortified, accused me of not having a soul. I put, the, I put it out there for you. See what you thought about it. One, she did reinforce how horrified she was when I got home and asked about it. I should have just kept quiet too. I got emails today like this. Dude, I'm an emotionally stinted man. I fully admit that I can be, I don't think I can see that word on the air, uh, not very intelligent, when it, comes to, when it comes to what seems to upset women of the world. But you, you, my friend, are a short bus riding fool. What the frick are you thinking? I've never laughed, so be part of my life. Buy the kids another dog. Hope he doesn't come home for a day or two because you're going to be sleeping in his bed for a while. <laughs> you know? That's not necessary. I put it out there for the audience wanting genuine heartfelt feedback. And all I've gotten today are emails calling me an idiot and a cold hearted jerk. I was trying to be nice. I was trying to get them a replacement dog. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Chris just asked me how much the vet was. Chris, everything doesn't have to be about money. One, two. It's funny you brought that up. I walked in. 
And after we got through the whole, I don't have a soul, so on and so forth thing, I actually asked. I said, okay, how much was it? And the wife says, you don't want to know. And in a sign of my maturity, I said, you know what? You're right. I don't. Don't tell me. I don't have an answer for you. I don't have an answer for you because, and this is why this happened. Because the last time I did something like that, it was about my oldest son, James's braces. I, I guess I just didn't know braces cost this much money. But I asked, and she told me, you don't want to know. And I said, no, I do. How much are these things going to cost us? And it was over $4,000. $4,000. I honestly, I almost threw up. I felt sick to myself. $4,000? James isn't worth $4,000. Oh, quit. I'm joking. We can make jokes on the show. That's enough. I'm joking. Anyway. Joe Biden. He had this to say today. I want you to listen to this. And I'm going to say something that'll be, everyone's going to make a big deal of it, but I'm right. The argument was there should be 12 years of free education. And that's what got us ahead. That's what had us leap ahead of the rest of the world. But as I said, today, everybody's caught up. Does anybody think in the 21st century, with the changes taking place in technology and across the board, that 12 years of education is enough to be able to live a middle-class life? I don't think so. And so the fact of the matter is, we've decided, I've decided we should have a minimum of 14 years of education. Yesterday, I read a headline to you on the show that Joe Biden was going to reduce the tuition of America's teachers. He's not only reducing the tuition of America's teachers, he thinks your kids need at least two more years of school. I have a couple different things we need to talk about here. One, let me ask you a question, and I want you, you don't have to be honest with your spouse or with me or anyone else. I want you to be honest with yourself. Do you think Nancy Pelosi genuinely cares about your kids? I'm not sure Nancy Pelosi cares about her own kids, but seriously, do you think Nancy Pelosi genuinely cares about your kids? I hope you're saying no to yourself. I'm just going to assume right now you're saying, no. okay, okay. So she doesn't actually care about your kids. Why would she want more teachers and more school time for them? Have you figured it out yet? Give you another second. Have you figured out why that would be? Because Democrats know the more time your kids spend in school and the more government teachers they have out there, the more we're going to be churning out little Democrats at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old who will go on to vote Democrat their entire lives. The amount of time you spend in government schools is almost a direct correlation to how far left you are anymore because these schools are sick 
That's what these schools are. I make no bones about it. When I, I see the things young people learn, and I'm not even talking about communist universities. I'm not even talking about Harvard or any of these other disgusting, quote, elite universities that should all be raised to the ground. I'm talking about grade school, where your child goes to school and learns that America is about slavery. Oh, and slaughtering the Native Americans. Thanks, Billy. That's America. Have a good one. I'm talking about government schools teaching your kids to hate their own country. And if you grow up to hate the United States of America, the chances you're going to vote Democrat are, oh, I don't know, 100%. That's a fact. That's a fact. And second point, taking the politics out of this. Chris, I want you to play this again for me real quick. Play what Joe Biden said again briefly. The argument was there should be 12 years of free education. And that's what got us ahead. That's what had us leap ahead of the rest of the world. But as I said, today, everybody's caught up. Does anybody think in the 21st century, with the change that's taking place in technology and across the board, that 12 years of education is enough to be able to live a middle-class life? Absolutely not enough. 12 years is way too much. Why are you in school for 12 years? Why are you in school for 12 years? Are we still going to go with this antiquated idea that length of time in school equals one, intelligence, two, wisdom, and three, money? I don't know how your existence is. I can tell you this. As you well know, I have lived a thousand lifetimes in my 39 years. I've washed dishes. I've worked construction, Marine Corps. I've lived all over the country. I've run for political office. I've sold RVs. I've done a thousand different things in my life. The richest guys I know are plumbers. The richest guys I know, they run HVAC companies with no college degree or They started a restaurant. It did well. Now they own five. Now they're millionaires. I know a bunch of college guys who are morons. And I'll tell you something else. I know a bunch of college graduates who are so deep in debt, they won't own a home till they're 40 years old. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a horrific story about college? Not, not from the old days, from now. We're going we're gonna to step out of the past, and we're going to live in the now. You want to hear a story about college? I'm about to tell you a story about college. But first and foremost, speaking of debt, do you know what the national debt is? Have you looked? Let me save you the trouble. $28 trillion. I was hesitant to even give you that number because it's so massive, the human mind cannot comprehend it. The government has spent more money than can ever be paid back, and now they're printing it by the trillion, meaning every dime you own is worth less and less and less and less. That's why you have all these horror stories about inflation, and they're already warning you more inflation is coming. Please hear me now. Get gold and silver in your hands. I bought real gold and silver from Oxford Gold Group. Not stocks. I didn't say gold and silver stocks. I mean the kind you hold. Oxford Gold Group will give real value to you that you can hold. 833-995-GOLD. 
833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them that Jesse sent you. They will take extra special care of you. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We are, of course, upsetting everybody. Listen, that NSA stuff. That's scary. Tucker Carlson came out and said, the NSA is spying on me. People thought he was a wingnut. What are you talking about? We now have an article out from Axios. Wow. Looks like the NSA was absolutely spying on Tucker Carlson. It's a big deal. Not because of him, because of you. Remember, think about your texts. Think about your emails. Think about your private messages. A local reporter calls your boss with those text messages in his hands. You get fired? That's how they get you. They ruin your life. Now, back to what we were talking about. Joe Biden thinks kids need even more school. Kids don't need more school. They need better school, and they need more life experience. College? If you're older, you undoubtedly grew up in an era where college was something you aspired to. You just should do it. Well, go to college. And I'll be honest, that's how I was raised. That's how I was raised. We weren't, I mean, the most academic family in the world, clearly. I got a 0.0 grade point, point average at college my first semester. Not, not made up at all. But that was just what you're supposed to do. You're done with high school. You go to college. That's been the tradition in America. Maybe that's how you're raising your kids now. Why? Why are you raising your kids like that now? And be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Are you raising your kids like that now because you genuinely think they have to have college to have more financial opportunities? Or are you raising your kids like that now so you can brag to family and friends? I'm at all these neighborhood parties you're at. As you know, I don't live in D.C. I don't live in New York. I live in the normal burbs. And when I get off work, I turn off the political thing immediately. I'm at the same parties you're at. And you know what I hear all the time? Oh, little Aiden's going to college. Little Aiden is going to Harvard. Uh, uh, Jaden went to Yale. Oh, Bryson, uh, he, he, he got into Howard. Oh, this Sounds like it was real important to mom and dad. Is it helping Aiden, Jaden, Braden, and Bryson? Who was it for? Is it for you or for them? And I'm not naive. I understand there are so many jobs out there where you have to have a college degree. Otherwise, you can't even apply for the job. That's just the way there is. I, I'm, not, I'm not naive to that. You want to be a lawyer? Shame on you. No, I'm kidding. If you want to be a lawyer, you got to go, go get a law degree, obviously. That's a pretty important part of it. You want to be a doctor? Eh, you're going to go to school for 8,000 years. Is that the reason you're sending little Billy to college? You want to hear a college story? Long time ago, 
Chris took the day off work. I forget what for. He's not off very often, so I didn't. I was didn't exactly harp on it, harp on him about it. But took a day off of work. He had a friend, also worked at the studio at the time, fill in for him. I don't want to give out his name. I gave out his name before a long time ago, and that's something I have to learn to be careful of. Now the show is so much bigger, and I'm not used to that. That now I have to be even more careful with people's names and stuff. I'll end up blowing up the guy's social media account or something. <laughs> we did this to, uh, oh gosh, who was it? Chris, what was the name of that syrup company that sent us the bourbon syrup? Find the name of that syrup company because I'm going to plug them again for free on the show. It was so good. But we did that. We've done this stuff before. Oh, it was a hot sauce. There's a, one of the best hot sauces I've ever had in my life. Is called Bernie Brand, but it's uh, B-O-E-R-N-E, Bernie Brand Hot Sauce. And I just came on the show and said, oh, I got this Bernie Brand Hot Sauce. It's the best. And all of a sudden, their owner's messaging me saying, hey, bro, we're sold out. We don't even have any more. <laughs> so, so I have to be conscious of that. Anyway, back to my story. He filled in for Chris as my producer that night. He was working. I mean, he wasn't my regular producer. He was a regular board op at the radio station. I don't know what he made. I don't ask what people make. I know it's probably between 15 and 20 bucks an hour. Chris, am I? Oh, my gosh. It's less than that. Okay. Chris just gave me the down finger. It's less than $15 an hour. He was raised by parents who I'm sure cared about him. It's not like they hated him. He was raised by parents who cared about him. You have to go to college. Get to college. You got to go to college. Going to college is what you do. Go to college. You got to go to college. He went to college just like mommy and daddy wanted him to. And their mommy and and his mommy and daddy at every neighborhood party were out there. Do you know our son is in Alabama? Our son is going to the University of Alabama. I'm so proud. Oh, your kid didn't get into college? That's too bad because my son's going to Alabama. He now makes less than $15 an hour. He's in his mid-20s. He owes $100,000. $100,000 in student loan debt. And that's if your college doesn't turn your kid into a communist. I understand college is necessary for some. I understand. Look, like one of my buddies in my neighborhood, his son, just bizarrely ambitious, which is so cool. His son has known he wanted to be a dentist since he was like 14. That's cool. I never want to do anything but drink Mountain Dew when I was 14. Okay, he wanted to be a dentist. Okay, that kid, they, they sent him off to college. That's Of course. Are you going to take that chance? Are you going to take that chance, bury yourself, bury your kid in debt for what? This antiquated idea that he has to do that to make money? You understand you can just send him to a trade school, right? Electrician? You think people are going to get tired of electricity? You think people are going to get tired of indoor heating, air conditioning? Do you think people are going to get sick of indoor plumbing? Maybe your kid learns a skill. Maybe your kid learns a skill like HVAC. Maybe by the time he's 23, 24, 25 years old, he's pretty stinking good at it. It's not the most complicated thing in the world. Maybe he figures out how to run a business. Not that hard. You can figure that out off a book. Maybe he starts his own. 
Maybe by the time he's 30, he doesn't have student loan debt. He has a Mercedes and a dime under his arm. Maybe we need to rethink what we do with our kids when it comes to education. I know I've rethought it. The truth is, so many of these schools, public and private, are poison, and they're expensive poison, and your kid doesn't have to go to college to earn a living. Why are we still doing this? Is it for little Timmy? Or is it so you can brag at your parties? Let's ask Sarah Gonzalez if she's sending her kid to school. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and that music can only mean one thing. Joining me now is my friend with Blaze TV. She hosts the news and why it matters, Sarah Gonzalez. Sarah, before I get to the Tucker spying NSA thing, are you sending your kids to college? Uh, I don't think I am, Jesse. You know, it's a conversation that happens uh, quite frequently in my household. And I have a, he's almost nine, my older boy, and my Mm -hmm. younger boy is nine months. And I just can't imagine college still being uh, the the best option for them once they get out of of high school. I, I just, I can't imagine. I have to believe that the bubble is going to burst way before they get to that age. And I'm hoping that, uh, that that's not the, the best option because I can't imagine sending my children to college to get indoctrinated. Sarah, what am I supposed to make of the fact the NSA is reading my text messages? I, I, I Honestly, I, I tried to unpack this with the audience earlier in the show by just explaining, think of the last 10, 20 texts or messages, private, email, anything you sent and having them show your boss, because that's what these people will do. How are we supposed to fight back against that? Uh, I mean, it's it's a great question. I, you know, the thing with the left constantly doing this is that I think that at the end of the day, they're overplaying their hand. And they will continue to do this, and they will continue to do this to themselves is the problem, because... They're eating their own. Uh, we see a lot oftentimes, especially with the faction of the far left and then the moderates. And they continue to eat their own in the same way that they're eating conservatives. And I have to believe that the pendulum is going to eventually swing back because it's not just with the NSA reading our text, but also with cancel, cancel culture as a whole that, like, eventually there's going to be no one to hire. Right. Like you're going to dig up dirt on every single person if you're looking for something on every single person. And eventually you're not going to be able to do business with anyone. You're not going to be able to hire anyone. The pendulum is going to have to swing back the other way because everyone knows no one would be hireable if everyone was reading our text messages. Amen to that. All right. Sarah, this 14 year old carjacker, everyone remembers the horrible video, the two teenage girls. They, they kill an Uber each driver trying to carjack him. They don't care. She's worried she left her phone in the car. Kids go into juvie. My statement on it earlier was, I want to know who can turn a little girl. Well, little boys, I understand more, but who can turn a little girl into a monster? How does that happen? 14 years old, you just murdered a guy, and all you care about your phone, you were raised by monsters, right? I mean, that's the only way that happens. And I remember watching this when it happened. And, you know, we're talking all about 
uh, uh, white white supremacy is the greatest threat, and I would I would venture to say that white supremacy is not the greatest threat to this country, but in fact, uh, fatherless homes and the loss of the family unit and all of these things that we could be focusing on and we could be solving. Because at the end of the day, I think that so many of our problems, including uh, what happened with this girl, the callousness of all of what they did in that video, can be solved by a um, bringing the family unit back together, and B, most importantly, beginning to value life in our society. Because look at it. It's not just when we talk about pro-life, it's not just babies. We're talking about pro-life from birth until death. And as a whole, society has shifted to not care about life. We are desensitized well. to caring about life, all of that. And that carries over. And I think that that's, that's what the, the root of the issue is is that we need to move back to caring about life and teaching our children to care about life. Speaking with Sarah Gonzalez of Blaze TV. Sarah, I want to play you something really quickly because we have NSA spying, we have critical race theory, we have an open southern border, and I saw Elise Stefanik go on TV and say this, and my jaw dropped. Republicans are going to focus on economic growth and focus on how we are the party of tax cuts and not tax hikes. Sarah, is this the most tone-deaf, stupid party in the history of mankind? Well, I mean, it depends, Jesse, because if, if Elise Stefanik's goal is to continue losing elections, then she definitely would reach her goal in that. It, it is incredible to me um, that they can't quite fathom yet that you have to focus on the culture if you want to change in politics. No one cares about the tax cuts right now. There are way more important things in culture that are happening that you could focus on that would win you elections. But instead, we see these Republicans time and time again focus on the stupid tax cuts. That's not going to move the needle for anyone. That is so frustrating. Sarah, when is the party going to wake up? I know you rant about this all the time. I rant about it all the time. But here's the thing. These people... They text me, you know, they email me. I, I talk to these people. They see the things you say. They see the things I say. They know, but they never change. Why don't they change or are they changing? And I'm not giving them enough credit. Oh, I, uh, I don't think that they're changing. Uh, I, I don't think that that's the case. I think that it, it is, it's the only way that they know how to go, because I think at the end of the day, we have a bunch of, you know, they may be conservative, they may be Republican in the idea that they believe in small government, but at the end of the day, these are still, for the most part, elitists who don't understand what the average American cares about. And I think that the, that the, the entire, uh, you know, situation is set up that way. I think that it, they make it very difficult to run for these positions unless you are in a place of power, unless you are in a place of money. And unfortunately, that's what we yield when we make it so hard for the average person to run and be successful in that. So I definitely think, you know, they, it's definitely not you. But I will say, I don't know when they're going to wake up. I don't know if it's going to be too late because I got to tell you, we're getting closer and closer to the time, to that black hole just completely closing up, and we will have lost our shot before we just completely transform this country. I'm hoping it's not too late, but I keep going, well, maybe it'll be this election. Oh, well, it wasn't then. Maybe it'll be the next one. So I could tell you maybe it will be the next one, but I think they're going to need a way bigger wake-up call than that. What are you having for dinner tonight? 
You know, it's interesting. I'm actually in my car uh, at a restaurant over here in the Dallas area. I think I'm going to go steak salad. Oh, now see, that's actually not a bad order for you. You see, we've been to group dinners together before, and it's always been something so gross and terrible and woman-y. Steak salad is not bad. What kind of dressing are we dealing with on this salad? Probably ranch, but on the side, because I can't do a lot of ranch, but I will do a drizzle of ranch. Is it weird that I'm not a big ranch on salad guy, but I'm a ranch on other things? Let me clarify. I'm a ranch on things where ranch doesn't normally belong. I dip my fries in ranch. I dip my pizza in ranch. But on salad, shut up, Chris. I'm talking to Sarah. On salad, (laughs) I, I like a blue cheese or something. Oh, of course you would ruin a steak salad with blue cheese. Give me a break. Can we at least agree on medium rare for the steak? Okay, yeah, we can agree on that. Sarah Gonzalez, her her show is the news and why it matters on Blaze TV. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. There's nothing wrong with blue cheese dressing, Chris. I understand it's moldy cheese, Chris. All cheese is mold. Isn't that true? I think all cheese is mold. Do I have that wrong? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But I I think all cheese is mold. Blue cheese? I don't care what it is. It's delicious mold. And see, this is a mistake people like Chris make. They think telling me the truth about delicious things is going to dissuade me from eating them. People do this with hot dogs all the time. Oh, haven't haven't you heard that that's made from the hooves and ears and stuff? I don't care. That means absolutely nothing to me whatsoever. It's outstanding. And that actually reminds me, speaking of hooves, and I have no idea why this just came up, I have weird things that pop into my head because I have focus problems, and now the entire audience has to suffer from it. You know my old man used to eat, I'm not making this up, pickled pig's feet? When I was a kid, I'm, oh, oh, Chris, I know, I know. Just thinking about it, no. You know what? I need a minute. I need a minute. All right, we're going to get to your emails when we get back. Hang on. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Shake it up. Mark my words. Our union will defend any member who gets in trouble for teaching honest history. We have a legal defense fund ready to go, and we are preparing for litigation as we speak. Get your kids out of government schools. That's the head of the teachers union. Just because these states are passing the laws, governors are banning these laws, that doesn't mean these communists are slowing down one It is the Jesse Kelly show. If you miss any part of the show, any part at all, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. There are like 700 of them. Oh, there's more than that now, Chris? 900 of them? (laughs) There are like 900 of them now, and they're so dumb and hilarious. The best, the best part about the, the handsome reviews thing, it started as just a gag. I mean, I was just gagging. I was just having fun. And then people started doing it. And then management got mad because they wanted people to leave reviews talking about, oh, it's the most insightful show ever. So I just kept encouraging people to leave the handsome thing. Well, now management has totally given up. 
There are so many of them. You, I mean, there, there are just so many. They're all hilarious. But by far the best part is when I get a family member or a friend who goes to my iTunes page and they start reading the reviews and they'll text me totally confused. Hey, I thought it was a radio show. Why is everybody talking about your looks? What Have you seen your reviews? It's so weird. <laughs> All right. Back to your emails. Well, finally getting to your emails. I realize it's a little late in the show. Sometimes I get distracted by me, as you would too if you were me. Hi, Jesse. You say every day that the communists don't stop. So let's say we actually do pull off a divorce. She's talking about a national divorce. What do you think we should be doing to stop them from infiltrating whatever section of the country is assigned to the right? They will do the same thing again. You're a fan from Boston, and she doesn't say I can say her name, probably listening to us on the great WRKO in Boston, but let's set that aside for a moment. When I tell you to balkanize, to get out of your blue area, move to a red area, I always follow it up with something else, don't I? 100% of the time. Do I just say move? No. Move and make your area redder than it is. Move and fortify. You are not running away. You are tactically retreating to a more defensible position. Move and run for school board. Move, run for state house, state senate, congress, governor. I don't care. Move and get involved. The biggest difficulty we are going to face in the future is this. You can change little things about people's behavior. Hey, don't chew with your mouth open. Get your elbows off the table. Hold the, hold the doors open for women and old people. Changing somebody's mentality is much, much, much more difficult, especially when you get older in life. You and I, I'm just, look, I'm right there with you. We have to become activists, and that sucks because you're, part of the reason you're on the right is you're not an activist. You believe in freedom, live and let live. I want to be left alone. That's me all the way. I want to be left alone. I don't care what you do. Leave me alone and I'll leave you alone. But that mentality, while it's a healthy mentality to have, that mentality is what has doomed us because they don't think like that at all. While you were sitting there raising your family, going to work, sending your kids off to school, they were busy infiltrating every every single cultural institution we have and infecting it with their commie filth. Okay, that stinks. That's where we are. They own all the cultural institutions. Do you think you can live and let live your way out of this mess? You have to be an activist now. I saw a publication earlier. I believe it was Insider. Actually, I know it was Insider. It listed all of the closest people to Donald Trump. It listed them with the intention of running them off of social media sites and making sure they could never get jobs again. You can get mad about that. You should. It's garbage, right? Standard commie garbage. You comfortable going after Insider? Are you comfortable melting their emails? Are you comfortable blowing up the phone number of their corporate headquarters with things you want done? Are you comfortable... Gathering up 50, 100 of your friends, 
having a good old-fashioned protest in front of insider headquarters. All that stuff sounds terrible to me. I don't want to send anybody a nasty email. I don't want to get on the phone. I certainly don't want to get some stupid sign in front of an office. Makes me feel dirty. Probably makes you feel dirty thinking about it. Okay, then we're never going to win. Either you and I get comfortable being uncomfortable or we're never going to win. If you think, if I think, I'm going to conduct myself over the next 20, 30 years the same way I've been conducting myself the last 10, 20 years. Well, what's that old saying? If you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always gotten. Or the Albert Einstein version, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. If you think we can live and let live our way out of this mess, you have another thing coming. What do you have to do? You have got to become active. Either you're running for office or you're supporting somebody who is. And I mean at every level, including levels, everybody's going to tell you you're not even qualified for. Oh, you can't run for you can't run for school board, Tom. What do you you don't even have a college degree? Tom, you don't need a college degree. You know what you need to run for school board? You need the commitment to run for school board and the commitment to make sure your values are getting taught to the next generation. That's what you need. Oh, why should you run for school board? I don't expect you to care about school board or want to be on it. Why should you run for school board? Oh, I've got some audio you have to hear. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and it is amazing the conversations we get into on this show we'll get to that in just a moment why should you run for school board why should you become more of an activist well I don't know should should you be deciding the curriculum or should this very real teacher speaking to very real high school kids should this person decide the curriculum if you or your family ever inherited money or property, take a step forward. Of course. <laughs> if you come from a supportive family environment, take a step forward. If you were ever uncomfortable about a joke or statement you overheard related to your race, ethnicity, gender, appearance, or sexual orientation, but felt unsafe to confront the situation. Okay, uh, that's, that's about it. You, you get the idea? I'm not qualified to run for school board. Do you think any of these scumbag communists with their 8,000 degrees on your local school board are qualified? I think the people on your local school board are the least qualified people on the planet. Now, I don't want to get sidetracked, but something just came up on social media. I actually, you know what? Chris, do we have a delay now on the show? We do have a delay again, right? I ask about a delay just to clue you in on what a delay is. No, I'm not about to say something wrong. Chris, take your finger off the button for Pete's sake. The the delay is you're hearing me live, but we have to 
kick it back a few seconds just in case a guest or somebody comes on and says a cuss word. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. It's against FCC regulations. You can't do it. Look, I wouldn't do it anyway. As you know, I do a family show. I'm not a good person, but I will never do a show you have to turn off with your kids in the car, ever. I don't believe in it. I'm so tired of having to turn off stuff with my kids in the car, so I won't do it. But that said, you're not allowed to cuss on the show. The reason I asked about the delay is my buddy Ed Lattimore, he is a black dude. He's a heavyweight boxer. He is from the hood, and I mean the hood. So he, last time I had him on, he dropped a cuss word, but we had a delay on the show. We had we had to do it on there. The reason I bring this up is, you know, like, he's a fascinating individual. One of these guys who turned his life around, used to hammer booze really hard. Now he's a professional boxer, motivational speaker, plays chess, but he's still a little, still a little rough around the edges. You don't want to talk mess to Ed Lattimore. He'll knock your head off your shoulders. But I love the guy. Little rough around the edges with his language. And last time we had him on. He cussed. We had to put a delay. The reason I asked is I think I'm going to try to get Ed Lattimore on tomorrow night. It'll be a fascinating conversation. Chris, take your finger off the delay button. I'm not going to say anything wrong. I think we're going to get Ed Lattimore on tomorrow night. We're going to ask him about boxing. We're going to ask him about uh, the booze and everything else under the sun, and Ed will drop this on you. But he was just saying something. We were having an exchange on social media about credit. He was talking about how bad he was when it comes to credit when he was younger and how he's grown up and he's learned more about credit. As you know, I haven't been doing this my whole life. I've done everything. And at one point in time, everyone knows the story by now. I was living in DC for about a year. That's all I could take. Quit my job without another job, packed up the family and moved to Texas without a job. And so we get here and don't have a job. Well, I'm not a wealthy man. I I need to pay bills. I find a job selling RVs on Craigslist, and I never sold anything in the world. Yes, I found a job on Craigslist. Well, when you're selling RVs, it was a different kind of a company. Great company. I I love them. But you handle, at that company, I would handle all the finance too. Like the salesman handles the sale of the RV, and then there's no separate finance department. You have to deal with me. So I learned about credit and financing and different banks and different rates and things like that. Parents. Please hear me on something here. Teach your kids about credit. Teach your kids how to get better credit, how to maintain your credit, how critically, critically important having good credit is going to be for you throughout your life. I I can't stress this enough. A credit score is simply you having a history of taking out loans of some kind or having financial obligations of some kind and then proving to the credit institutions, which in turn proves to the next lender, you will pay said loans back or pay the contract you signed back on time every time. It's not more complicated than that. It's not. But I would deal with grown adults selling RVs. Now, normally I could feel out your credit pretty fast, I guess I'll go ahead and insult everyone with how I did that here in just a second, but normally I could feel out the kind of credit score you had real fast without asking you anything about your credit. But sometimes I would get surprised that you, you work with somebody and you know, you don't get a salary, you make a sale or you don't pay your mortgage. So you got to sell something. 
You go out and sell an RV to a guy, or at least he picks one out, decides he wants one, go in. All right, buddy, let's get you done. We'll start working on the paperwork. Got to pull your credit score. And he pulls like a 550 on credit score. And you look, and it's one bill from a, a cell phone company that not only did he not pay, it went way past do not pay. They sent it to a collection agency. Like he's a year old. And I'll come in and I have to say, buddy, uh, you can't buy an RV. What? Why not? Well, do you see this? You see this bill you didn't pay? Buddy, that destroyed your credit score. I had a 700. Yeah, but you don't anymore. Now you have a 550. I know, but I told him I wasn't going to pay it. Okay, well, you showed them. You saved the $60 from paying it. Now you can't buy the RV you were buying to live in while you went out to the oil field. Boy, did you really win that battle, huh? Teach your kids about credit. Teach your kids to pay back their financial obligations. And don't email me. You don't understand. I got a divorce or, or uh, uh, the, the coronavirus restrictions bankrupted me. All that stuff's totally legitimate. I get that. That stuff happens. That's not your fault. If the, if the governor, if your idiotic governor or mayor destroyed your business and it wrecked your credit because you had a bankruptcy, buddy, I'm not talking to you. The old Jesse rule always applies. If it doesn't apply to you, don't apply it to you. She ran out on you, took all your money, your credit took a beating. Okay, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about people who just decide to not pay bills anymore or get mad about one. You're wrecking yourself. Oh, and as long as I'm on the subject, which is totally off the subject of anything out there, but I don't care. It's my show. No one tells me what to say. How could I tell someone's credit score? Well, I'll put it to you this way has nothing to do with how they dress, has nothing to do with what they drive. I don't care if you drive up in a Kia or a Mercedes-Benz or anything in between. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with how you interact with me right when you walk in the door. If you walk in the door, open up the door, and I come greet you, and I was real laid back. I can't do pushy salesman stuff, but and I get a handshake from you. You look me in the eye. You say anything to the effect of, hey, man, I don't want to waste your time. I'm kind of looking for a 30-foot travel trailer like this. I guarantee you that guy has good credit. 99% of the first 20 seconds, 30 seconds, I can assess whether you have good credit or not. If you come storming in your door, usually you got a wife or girlfriend with you and say something to the effect, don't even shake my hand or look around. You walk in and say, I want to see the most expensive one you got. How much is that one there? You can't buy anything. How do I know that? Because here's the brutal truth of it, but that's what I tell is brutal truths. Your credit score oftentimes is a reflection of how you see yourself in the world. If you see the world revolving around you, all about you, you got bad credit. If you understand your place in the game, you got good credit. That is the truth. Now, we have a political assassination. It's terrible, but also kind of cool. Hang on. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Dancing in my eyes and singing 
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and that might be the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I will wait and see if I can give this person credit. I have to text and ask them. A reporter I know uh, does a lot of cartel work. Said reporter sometimes sends me information, oftentimes sends me information, which I then relay to you. But really good information, drug seizures and what's coming across and whatnot. And on occasion, this reporter sends me things without any context. If I, if I were able to show you, and I never would, I would never do this, but if I were able to show you the video I just got by text message during the break, you would be going down to the southern border right now, standing guard to keep the cartels out of your country. I just watched somebody's still beating heart. I'll just put it that way. There is something scary going on down there right now. It's getting worse and worse and worse. I have on my TV show tonight. You know, I do. I'm not just wowing you on the radio every day. What, Chris? I have a TV show every night. The channel is called The First. It's on Roku and Pluto and Pluto and all these other places. Or there's just an app. It's called The First TV. And my TV show is one hour long. It's on every night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I talked to Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona today. He's a congressman out there. And he was breaking down some of the things the ranchers on the southern border are sending him. Military-aged males in camouflage sneaking across the border. Not the ones trying to get caught. The ones very much trying not to get caught. You don't care about the border until the border comes to you. And right now, the amount of people we have pouring into this country is going to bring the border to you. Trust me on that. Now, let's get back to something that's absolutely awful. I want you to know I don't support it. At the same time, because I'm a dude, I find it intriguing. Assassination. This is from thesun.com. The headline says, U.S. could send troops into Haiti to prevent a civil war after bloody assassination of President Hovenel Moy. The chances I said that correctly are right around zero, but I went to community college. You can't look for correct pronunciation from me. First of all, U.S. could send troops. Let's address that really quickly here. We just left Afghanistan in total failure after 20 years. The people we were supposedly fighting against are waltzing through the country and taking it over. We left behind dead bodies, body parts, untold amounts of gear. The next United States politician who suggests we send U.S. troops to foreign soil to, quote, nation build should be under arrest immediately and should be put in federal prison. I don't care whether it's a Republican, Democrat, whoever. If you use the words nation building and you try to send our men and women into harm's way to nation build someone else's country after what we've just seen, you should go to federal prison. Why would the United States of America get involved in Haiti? That's Haiti's problem. That's one. Two, they just assassinated their president. Pretending to be DEA agents. 
President Moy was gunned down last night by a group of suspected mercenaries who are reported to have been posing as agents from the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration. That's wild. That's wild. That's absolutely crazy. And think about, think about how dangerous this world is. Hired mercenaries posing as DEA agents. And who told you just a couple nights ago, who told you there were bad, bad men in this world who've been trained to hurt people. They are now hurting people in an unofficial capacity for various private military contractors. And while many of them are 100% on the up and up and brave and patriots and warriors, many of them are not. Many of them go down to Haiti and put on DEA coats and go in and assassinate the president of the United or president of Haiti. And Haiti's one of those places. A lot of these places fascinate me. And I'm sure, look, if you're an expert on Haiti, email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. A lot of places fascinate me, the ones that can't get their act together. Like, okay, Haiti tosses out the French, and they have this huge slave revolt. I actually might do it. You know what? I might do a history story on this really shortly. There was a huge, Haiti was one of the worst slavery environments in all of the Americas, mainly because they were processing cane and sugarcane. And sugarcane is brutally labor intensive to process and just absolutely brutal. Uh, the, The disease was bad. The slaves were treated terribly. So eventually they had this horribly violent slave revolt that was pretty much successful. You know, they tossed them out. Obviously, that's a good thing, right? Overcoming slavery is a good thing. Cutting people's hands off and things like that not necessarily is good. But, hey, what are you going to do? You've been treated like that. Let's set that aside. That was a long, long time ago. Why can't Haiti get its act together? These countries that can't ever get their act together, it floors me. Look, let's be frank about something. Mexico bothers me a lot because I love it so much. I make no bones about it. I understand people feel differently. I love the Mexican people. I love Mexican food. I love Mexican beer. I take vacations in Mexico. It's a country drowning in well in natural resources. It's it's a, a extremely diverse geographically. You got mountains and beaches and everything else. I love Mexico. And you're right there on the border of America. So you have, who's a trade partner with you. So you have every opportunity in the world to modernize and get your act together. Why is half the country run by narco-terrorists? It drives me up the wall. Why can Mexico not get its act together? I even love the music. The other night when I was shooting off illegal fireworks, of course, there was a, a Mexican family couple houses down. And when I was sneaking around doing my various things, guess who was cheering the loudest when I was cooking off the fireworks? <laughs> Blasting mariachi music in the back. It was the best. But why can Mexico not get its act together? I don't understand it. I want to understand it, too. I want, I want to figure it out. But again, you have everything there for you. You even have great, great family culture. Why are you still messed up? How is it that 
your politicians are on the drug payroll. How is that possible? I wish it wasn't, but it is. These countries that can't get their act together fascinate me. All right. I will get back to your emails, but first we need to address the future of combat. Want to know what it looks like? I'll tell you in a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Man, this is a fun show. We just bounce all over the map. Israel to offer U.S. long-range naval strike missile. The Sea Breaker. I'm not going to spend a long time on this because I don't want to nerd out on military stuff, but I will simply say there's an old saying that that generals get themselves in trouble because they're always fighting the last war. You know, that mass slaughter of World War I, that happened because they didn't realize machine guns and artillery and things had advanced to a level where You can't charge people on horseback with swords in your hands anymore. That doesn't work. World War II came along. People had been spending all this money building battleships because battleships were always that thing that wins wars, right? Battleship this and battleship that. World War II comes along and your battleship isn't worth anything if I have an aircraft carrier and I can throw 50 to 100 planes at you. I'll just simply send you to the bottom of the ocean. So we have that World War II view of naval warfare now. I talk to smart military guys, of which I am not one, but I do talk to smart military guys. And this is a sad day, but this is what they say to me. They say, Jesse, we still have a bunch of aircraft carriers, and that's nice and all. It's good. Good for us. Aircraft carriers aren't worth near what they used to be. Why? Because of the long-range missile capabilities of countries. They can simply launch a missile and send your aircraft carrier to the bottom of the ocean before the planes sitting on your aircraft carrier are in fuel range to get to your country. What does that mean? And I'm going to make up these numbers completely. So don't take these numbers. All right. But uh, I'm just trying to give you some frame of reference. If I have a bunch of planes on my aircraft carrier, and let's say I'm sailing it towards China to launch an attack and my planes can go a hundred miles. means I have to get within a hundred miles of your shore, right? And if China has a missile that can lock onto my aircraft carrier. I can't shoot it out of the sky. And if it hits, it's going to sink my ship. And it has a 200 mile range. Then all those planes on my aircraft carrier are nothing more than paperweights. Missile technology. I, and I hope I'm not allowed to, I hope I'm not alive to see this. I hope my sons aren't alive to see this. Missile technology is going to be a Huge determining factor in who wins the next major war this world sees. Hopefully it's not a world war, but yeah, keep the, always keep that in the back of your mind. And sadly, our enemies are very, very aware of this. Russia, Russia can't touch us economically or, or really militarily. Russia's economy is like the size of Texas. 
But Russia sinks a fortune, a fortune into missile technology. Missile technology. Their missiles are supposed to be absolutely outstanding. That sucks. That hurts to say, but that's the truth. Let's get to a couple emails. Hey, Jesse, I listen to your show all the time. I enjoy it immensely. Well, of course you do. Anyway, my husband also listens with me occasionally, and Monday happened to be one of those times. A woman named Catherine wrote you and commented on your handsome face (laughs) and said that the two weeks you were gone were the longest of her life. And then you said, thank you, Catherine. My husband's head whipped around so hard, I thought he surely got whiplash. I swore up and down it wasn't me. It wasn't, but he doesn't believe me. I'm sorry to say she beat me to it because <laughs> this lady's name is Catherine. Keep smiling, the best smile in the world, and you can call me the other Catherine. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. House Republicans unveil legislative plan to break up big tech and stop censorship. Okay. I'm happy. I'm happy they appear to be taking the problem seriously. But here's my issue. And look, it's not like I can rip on them for this. We want them to do something. One, you had four years to do something about big tech. It was not exactly a secret. It was widely known big tech was big tech. Big tech was furious that Donald Trump was able to use social media to help his campaign against Hillary Clinton. Big tech, when that election was done, because they're all a bunch of communists, they decided they were going to do something about it. And they immediately launched a war against Donald Trump, Donald Trump's supporters, censoring this, banning that person. Republicans didn't do a thing about it when they had all that power. Four years, four years, they knew this was going on and didn't do anything about it. Now... You're unveiling a legislative plan when you don't control the House, you don't control the Senate, and you don't control the presidency. I'm not trying to be King Cynic here, but where was this when it mattered? This almost has shades of repealing Obamacare 10,000 times, right up to the point we have a Republican House, Senate, and presidency. And then you can't pass a bill to repeal Obamacare. If you think I'm too hard on Republicans, you ain't seen nothing yet. I think it's time you and I demand a little bit more from the people we elect to protect us from the leftist hordes. I mean, is there another reason we elect Republicans? It's not because they're that great. We want you to protect us from the leftist hordes. You're not doing it. You're consistently not doing it. Now, don't get me wrong. When campaign season rolls around, I know we'll get some really fiery congressional hearings. Get some great 30-second sound bites. I may even play them for you on the show. Or I may not, actually. And then you know what will come after that? You'll get an email. Help Lindsey Graham fight against the leftist hordes. Look at his look at his hearing in Congress today. Send $50, Lindsey Graham for Senate. I'm tired of that. What have we done with teeth? Not you and I. I know you've done what you can do. I'm doing what I can do. 
What have our elected representatives done that has teeth? Anything? Anyone? I I mean, I remember the FBI illegally spying on the political opponent of the president, and I remember a whole lot of threats about we're going to investigate this and we're going to have a hearing here and we're going to go after this guy here. Anyone? Anyone heard from Durham? Remember that Durham investigation that was supposed to be coming down? When's that thing going to wrap up? The year 3000? Democrats are out there making sure the military is purged of their political opponents. They're making sure the FBI, NSA is purged of their political opponents. They're out there making gains, seizing control of every cultural institution. I have a legislative plan to break up big tech when we don't have the power to break up big tech. Now, again, I don't want to be King Cynic, and I don't want to dump all over everyone's efforts. You know, Okay, good, it's something. We have some efforts, but I also don't want to sit here and be just a good little, just be a good little soldier for the guys on the right and sit here and lie to you and tell you this is great. This is a game changer. I mean... You were here earlier in the show, right? We have all this stuff going on, and here's Elise Stefanik. Republicans are going to focus on economic growth and focus on how we are the party of tax cuts and not tax hikes. Tax cuts? That's what we're the party of now? No, I'm fine with being for tax cuts. I, I, cut them all. Slash and burn them, baby. I'm for a 10% flat tax. If 10% is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for the federal government. Cut them all. That's fine. But if you think that's the fight we need you to make right now, then I'm going to need you to make your way to the back. That's not the fight we need to make right now. We have much, much, much bigger fish to fry in this country. They're busy cementing their leadership status and all the cultural institutions We don't have time to be the party of tax cuts anymore. All right, coming up next, we're going to get to what is quickly becoming your favorite segment of the day, headlines I didn't get to. But first and foremost, think about all the money you have in savings. Whether you're retired, near retirement, whether you're just working your way up to it, hopefully you'll get there one day. What if you wake up next year, next month, and that's worth... 20 or 30% less than it is now. That's not some horror story. That is a story that has happened time and time again throughout history. How does that happen? Well, stop me if any of this sounds familiar. The government prints a bunch of unbacked currency, destroying the value of said currency. Your government has done that to the tune of trillions over the last year. Get some gold and silver in your hands so you can protect yourself. Not in gold, not gold and silver stocks, not a piece of paper, real gold you can hold from Oxford Gold Group. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you tell them Jesse told you to call. They will take extra special care of you. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. That's gold you can hold. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is. 
the Jesse Kelly Show. It's almost time for headlines I didn't get to. I did want to play this little bit, though. From New Zealand. It's getting awfully creepy out there, people. Early next year, we'll be in the phase of chasing up people who haven't come forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. So uh, everyone will be able to get a vaccine between now and the end of the year. Uh, But of course, you know, and and I want every New Zealander to come forward, but human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for, uh, and and some of that may spill into next year. But our commitment is everyone will have the opportunity to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, Everyone will, uh, but I I can't say that, you know, that we're not going to have some hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year. Okay, first and foremost, let's tackle the big issue. Those accents sound so much better on the women than they do on the men. That's one. Two, I'm sorry, did you say you're going to chase them down? Chris... I'm almost positive he said they're going to go chase them down. Is that not what he said? Say that you know that we're not going to have some hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year. Go out and find? What? What exactly is the plan over there in New Zealand? All right, you know what? Forget about that. It's time for headlines I didn't get to. I happen to get distracted a bit more than usual today, so I have a ton of them. Allow us to begin. Foxnews.com. WAPO urges U.S. to get serious on COVID origins after calling Wuhan lab leak theory debunked conspiracy. If you still read the Washington Post as anything other than Pravda, you are probably the most uninformed person in the United States of America. You don't know what Pravda is, Chris. Pravda was the uh, communist arm. Pravda still exists, actually. It was the communist state media in Russia. For Pete's sake, Chris. Gosh. This is Blaze.com. Liberal activists decry red state border security efforts as invasion and insurrection. It's not an accident the left wants the border open. There's not a second explanation for it. They want to bring down the United States of America. Stop giving them credit. Start just admitting what they are. There's no other reason for a nation to have an unsecure border. Even the communists under Lenin. Under Mao, even they didn't want complete open borders with people pouring into their country. Only the American communist advocates for that. NYPost.com, New York Post, obviously. NPR faces backlash after criticizing the Declaration of Independence. It didn't just criticize the Declaration of Independence. It did so on July 4th. The leaders of your cultural institutions hate the country. We do. We still have the numbers, but don't you kid yourself. That silent majority garbage is just that garbage. Numbers will not win this game. We must take back the cultural institutions. Headline, this is pjmedia.com. Vandals burn churches to the ground in Canada amid truth and reconciliation report. They did some report. It, it, it follows the news, this is from the article, of more than a 1,000 children placed in unmarked graves at Indian residential schools. Canada forced Native Americans, refers, referred to as First Nations, to attend the boarding schools and enact that activists decry as a form of cultural genocide. Since this news came out, they did this report. Turned out they killed a bunch of Indians. Now a bunch of churches are being burned down. My question is this. Why are the congregations of those churches not standing armed guard at the church? 
What is with this passive Christianity? If your religion, your people, your church are under attack by anybody, um, protect yourself. You don't have to be a weak little mouse. You can go be a lion. That's perfectly acceptable. Breitbart.com, Pakistan accuses India of supporting Afghan terrorists. I think you and I, I think we make the mistake of forgetting about India and Pakistan. Uh, They're right next to each other. They hate each other's guts, and they're both nuclear powers. On top of the fact, India and China don't get along, and they're in these border squabbles, and they're both nuclear powers. Now, this will help you sleep better at night, right? Think about that. You have three nuclear powers at each other's throats over there. That's not a good situation. Headline, Haiti in upheaval. Upheaval, uh, President Moy assassinated at home. I touched on that earlier. I don't want anyone to get assassinated. I certainly don't want civil unrest in Haiti. Political assassinations are fascinating. Headline, Eric Adams wins the New York mayoral primary. New York had about 10,000 people in their primary. The guy who won, the guy who promised to be tough on cops. Why? Oh, I don't know. Or tough on crime. Why? I don't know. Here's the next headline. New York City hate crimes rose by 139% in 2021. That is enormous. Headline, Bongino.com. Nebraska governor makes July Victims of Communism Month. His name is Pete Ricketts. I've actually interviewed him before. We're probably going to get him back on the show again. That's how you play offense against the communist scum. Not just what you ban, what you do. You can find that story on our blog on jessekellyshow.com. Catch the whole show podcast at iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. I know you had fun tonight because I did. That's all.